you remember the first time you knew your own gender? What shaped your understanding of that identity? What has shaped your understanding of that identity? Is it a part of who you are? Have the people around you shaped that understanding? Have you ever spoken with anyone about it? Welcome back to Spectrum. I'm Elle Mayo Kiley, my pronouns are they, them, and I am your host. For this second episode, we have Izzy, a student at the University of Oregon, talking about their experience with starting to think about gender, how you share that discovery with the people in your life, being okay with not knowing everything about your own identity, and a tad bit of the bisexual experience, at least their bisexual experience. Okay, so I don't know if you want to start with just introducing yourself, your name, how you identify, pronouns, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Okay. Um, well, my name's Isabel. Most people call me Izzy. Um, and the pronouns that I use, I tend to either say any pronouns or she, they, he. Um, okay. And I guess about your pronouns. Um, so you use multiple sets of pronouns. And um, I don't know if you can share a little bit about maybe why you choose to do that or what that means or how you prefer people to use them, if you have a preference, just a little bit about that. All right. So I use any pronouns and multiple sets of pronouns because I don't really 100% feel like I identify with being a woman or being non-binary, being a man, um, any of those categories. Instead, I've noticed, um, I guess, my own feelings about my gender that it tends to change over time. And I guess my pronouns are trying to recognize that and also let myself be open to that kind of change and to listen to, I guess, what I'm feeling. And um, that to me is what what I use the multiple sets of pronouns for and how I tend to use them. I know that lots of people like um, maybe like it interchangeably throughout a sentence. Like um, for example, Isabel, she went to the store and he really liked whatever they bought, right? That would be an example of someone using um, all of them in there. Um, and to me, that's not as necessary. It's not what I prefer. Um, I kind of like thinking it as um, someone could just use the pronouns that they perceive me as. <laughs> so um, I like she just as much as all the as they and he. So I guess to me, it's okay to just stick to one. If someone starts using she, her pronouns with me, it's fine if they use it consistently as a pronoun. But I also don't mind if someone wants to use she and they. Um, but it be not she, they, and he in the same sentence, um, just grammatically. That's just how I roll. Um, nothing wrong with it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a little bit of a new, I think it's in the past few months that I've realized that about myself and that my openness to different pronouns and different gender identities. And I'm still in that. Um, I like labeling myself as either queer or questioning. Because um, I have looked into terms like gender fluid, gender queer, non-binary. And I feel like that I could fit into those categories and that sometimes I do feel like it, but I still need to keep listening to 
um, my mind and body before I start, um, I guess, being comfortable with a label because it changes so much that I, um, I don't know, don't feel comfortable and just want to do that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I guess off of that, when was the first time you remember really thinking about your gender, whether that was like recognizing that you are often perceived as a woman, perhaps, or questioning whether that's how you identify, wherever um, you want to go with that question? Yeah, um, that's a great question, because I actually do remember when I first started, I guess, exploring um, I guess my feelings about my gender sign at birth, I'm very perceived as a woman. And that was around, I think, seven, seventh, eighth grade. Um, I just started, I guess, going online for the first time. And I had already, you know, been supporter, LGBT ally. That's how it all starts. Just kidding. But, you know, I was like, I want to research more and I want to figure out um I guess what I could about these identities and I at the time when I looked through all these gender identities that I found online one of them was called um demi girl um I know some people do use that identity where most of the time they might feel like a girl um but some of the times they feel like a boy and that's I guess what I perceived it as and I looked at that and I immediately thought that's me <laughs> like I identify with that. And I remember the first person I told that to, I told that to my my middle school boyfriend at the time. And I said, hey, sometimes I feel like a boy. And he said, no, you don't, because I'm not attracted to boys, so you can't be a boy. Um, and then <laughs> I didn't, I put that part of me far down and didn't think about it for a few years, um, which, yeah, it's just a... You know, because at the time, I didn't want to hurt him, if that makes sense. And I didn't understand that his sexuality might not have been affected by how I identify. And if it did, that probably meant more about him <laughs> than it did about me. And, you know, and, and when I was that young, I didn't really understand. Because um, it was genuinely my first introduction to different types of genders. I had met people who were trans. You know, but I hadn't really, I guess, thought about my relationship up until that point. And having it immediately shut down by someone that I cared a lot about at the time, like, it definitely didn't really make it welcoming. And I also didn't have a firm confidence that I do, that I've developed since then. So anyway, and then since then, I've been trying to monitor more about my relationship with gender. And there was a point after that that clicked where I said, oh, that was kind of messed up that he said that. Um, he might not have known that that might have, you know, kind of stopped me from exploring that more at the time. But I started with with COVID. <laughs> I'm not sure how many other people have this experience of, you know, at least a year and a half, um, we've been not socializing as much. And for those first few months where we were quarantining, um, you know, I didn't have to put on a gender appearance to people. I didn't have to, um, I guess, play up um, how much of a woman I was. And that got me thinking because I would be in the house and not really performing for anyone. 
besides maybe my parents to a degree, but you know, I just didn't feel like I had to perform for anyone. And it got me thinking, oh, I'm actually a little bit more comfortable when I'm not performing. What does that mean? And so I guess throughout COVID, because we've had so much time to, I guess, ponder and think to ourselves, for me, that was an opportunity to explore who I was, which has been really helpful for me. I think that's the best thing I got out of COVID. But yeah, it it took a few years, though, of kind of unlearning that I don't need to be performing for a certain person, especially a partner, um, for me to figure out who I am. Yeah, I definitely resonate with a lot of those things, especially kind of starting, at least more so figuring things out throughout COVID and continuing off of that. How do you feel, if, if you feel this way, that maybe people in your life, whether that's family, friends, public figures, anyone in your life has affected your gender presentation, maybe your own feelings about your gender, your relationship with your gender, or your identity, any piece of that. I guess how the people in your life affect your presentation and also your own perception of yourself. Well, I guess like our parents developmentally, of course, have a huge impact on how we perceive gender. I mean, if we do talk about science and gender, like by the age of three, usually people have a sense by the age of three about their own perceived gender based off of behaviors that they they see other people have and genders they identify with. And a huge part of that is parental roles. So I think it's undeniable to, I guess, acknowledge my parents in my perception of gender and what that means. you know, they assigned me one. So <laughs> like they, they, to, to me, that's, I guess, a very, a personal part of my identity and how people have treated me is based off of early perceptions of, of their gender. And when it comes to like, I guess, public figures or like celebrities in my perspective, I, there are tons of like female comedians that are I guess some people would say the word butch or, you know, more masculine. And there are these women who come out and they have these like really short haircuts and they sound, you know, not very girly and they wear like pants on stage. Cause there are tons of female comedians that are very like super glammed up. But I don't know, just this like, I find comfort and relatability to those people in media and Um, kind of what I see on screen sometimes it can even invoke a sort of like emotional response if I see a woman you know kind of acting more I guess masculine because that to me is trying to I guess break an expectation and that to me is pretty powerful I also with with my peers I kind of realized over time that I was after elementary school I was making friends with mostly guys and I kind of had this idea in my mind that I couldn't really be good friends with a girl and I don't really know where this came from I'm not sure if it came from internalized misogyny like a you know girls are too gossipy like I don't know there's probably part of that and then there was also a level of like comfort that I had around like guys that were my peers that I didn't really get with women. And I honestly didn't really know why. And part of me still doesn't understand completely why. And 
I think part of that's feeling like I related to them and that I shared some experiences or perspectives as men. And honestly, throughout like my life so far, I realized I have these shared experiences or perspectives or feelings that like men share, if that makes sense. And even though I've been raised as a woman and I've been perceived as a woman and I identify partly with being a woman, I can relate to lots of experiences that women have because women are treated in a very specific way when it comes to being sexualized or, you know, like I relate to that experience. But I also relate to, I guess, if men share, or at least my peers would share these feelings with me that I would like deeply relate to. And I can't think of one off the top of my head, but yeah. And that to me made sense. And I mean, now I can be friends with girls just fine, but I really did have an issue. And I think part of it was that was part internalized misogyny because they didn't want to be like other girls or whatever, which probably was also a gender thing. (laughs) So this could also be like, maybe this is something that you haven't experienced and you could talk about that as well. But do you think that um, society, I guess, rather than maybe not individual people, but the whole environment throughout, maybe throughout school and the media that we consume and I guess that you have consumed, do you think that has had an effect on the way that you perceive yourself and the way that you identify things that like maybe you didn't explore things that you might have explored earlier if you were exposed to different things? So I think that it has to a degree. I don't think it's been as super impactful because I think I was definitely raised by parents who were giving me messages like, I could be whatever I want to be and I can express myself how I want to. And I think what media did was maybe affirm like throughout my life, you know, the more, I guess, progressive or more diversity and more types of people I see on screen, I guess the more um, affirming it is to my identity growing up. I do remember kind of being fed the, the fairy tale, you know, a princess being saved by a prince thing. I think we, I think everyone was fed that message. You know, of course my parents could try to say, but remember the princess could have broke out on her own and like, yeah, like sure. But that's not what the story is telling me, right? Feminist media for kids was not something that I really experienced. So it was the, the older I got, the more I, I guess, sought out different types of media because none of, like you just watched Feel Good, but Feel Good, right, is about female comedian who's dating a woman. And then throughout the show, you see Mays kind of questioning her gender identity and even saying things like, maybe I'm trans and I don't know. (laughs) And like, that's me watching it. I'm like, I could relate to that. I could relate to this feeling of, I guess, being perceived as a woman and one day being like, hold on, <laughs> that that doesn't really make sense anymore. And I think that was the first time that I really like saw a character like that went through a process that I did and still at the end of the show was like, I don't know. <laughs> and that's great because that's how I feel. I don't know. 
anyway, but that was a specific character. And I, I barely see characters like that. And when I see queer characters, it's these characters who are very like strong in their identity, which is amazing. It's great stuff. And it's not, you know, sometimes how I feel, right? These queer characters are portrayed as being like super confident, you know, using lots of like slang um, and dressing up very glamorous and girly, um, which I think is not really all encompassing of a queer experience because they're, at least in my experience, I've seen more, I guess, women come to term with like being queer. And I think that does have to do with because our genders being perceived in different ways all the time. And I think that could maybe cause us to think about how we're being perceived more to a point where it might make us like want to question. That's been my experience though. I'm not sure what the statistics say. Maybe it's equal on both sides, but I've, I've tended to see more women come to terms with the fact that they might be queer um, than I've seen men. And I think it's just because it's easier for men to, to not. <laughs> I realized I went, went off on the media question. But I don't know. I definitely feel like if I'd seen characters that were more gender neutral or at least had some sort of like a growth with their gender or I think that would have made a huge difference to actually see it because every single queer character that I saw that I could relate to was very firm in their identity and didn't go through any sort of, I guess, self-reflection that might I guess, change their perception of their identity, maybe have to re-come out again, or, you know, I think things like that are important because there's, you know, this idea of, at least in gay people in media, it's like their big moment in their life is their one coming out day. And I think that's not true. And I think I wish that I knew that before because I know that my coming out experience was like, at least with being bi, not with the pronoun thing. That's still still on the table. Don't mind doing this interview though. <laughs> I just want you know all this information is fine. They'll find out somehow. I don't care. <laughs> but like, you know, my my coming out experience with my sexuality was like very low-key. It didn't really matter. I hate to say that. It was just my parents going, Yeah, we kind of knew something was up. Like, but you told us, like, whatever. And I don't know. In media, there's this idea that's your big moment, and now everyone knows. And woo! When I feel like my experience has instead been a journey of reflection and expression, journey, not the not the destination, right? Yeah, I think that that was a lot of really good things that I think are very true. And also, you talked really briefly about um, kind of the difference in coming out as bi versus coming out with using different pronouns and things like that. And I don't know if you can speak a little bit to maybe your experience with figuring those things out for yourself. If maybe they were similar experiences, maybe it was different, just kind of sexuality versus more gender identity and whether those things were related or if they differed at all. Well, when I came out as bi to my parents, it was on two separate occasions. Once my mom and went to my dad. My mom, like when I came out to my mom, it was, I was like in middle school and I said something like, I'm bi, bi, this is like a pun, whatever. I don't know. I thought it was hilarious at the time. Looking back, I'm like, I could have just like sat down with her or whatever. And I like ran out, you know, I like said to her and I like ran out 
So I didn't really talk to her about it. <laughs> and we didn't have a conversation. And, you know, then she told me to, okay, now do your chores. Cool. Like, whatever. And as far as I know, my mom's like straight as a ruler. So I don't think that she had any sort of, like, I guess, commentary to say, because I know that some parents will go, you know, say things like, oh, yeah, me too. Um, no, not my case. With my dad, on the other hand, he was taking me on a trip to go see Hamilton, which was pretty cool, by the way. But we went to, like, sit down at a restaurant, and I decided to tell him because it was just a trip about me and him. And we had this very nice conversation where he talked about, I guess, well, I guess he had, like, dated a bunch of bi women, um, which may seem weird that he was bringing that up, but it really wasn't because he was just trying to say that, like, you know, he has met women like this before and that it's completely normal. They've existed his whole life. Cause like, cause at the time I'm like, why is he telling me that <laughs> he like dated by women? How is it relevant? And then, but it was really nice to kind of realize, oh, not only does he know, I guess, my identity and my sexuality, he also like, this has existed his entire life. Like, this isn't something that I'm, you know, going, this is a new thing. Get ready, get used to it. Like, he knew what I was talking about, affirmed that he knew what I was talking about. And I think it was also something I, he could relate to the liking woman part. So I think that for him was kind of like, I guess something we could like bond over. Again, this sounds weird, but you know, if like there's like a hot woman on like the TV or something, and I'll be like, she's hot. And he'll be like, she's hot. And I'll be like, cool. You know, we can move on. And that's, I guess, another level of relatability me and my dad now have, which is kind of sweet. That I guess my queerness wasn't to him like a like a thing that made me different. It was a thing that I guess made me relate to him more, which is pretty cool. So yeah, the sexuality thing, cool. I think for them that's really easy to grasp because that, you know, is something that they can relate to. And I'm saying they meeting my mom. My mom can understand, like, I guess being gay. She doesn't really have any sort of commentary on it because she experiences attraction and to me I just have attraction in different types of people and that's cool and I use the word by kind of I realize that more I realize more it's kind of it's in the pan universe because it really is you know guys gals and non-binary pals and everyone else so but I use by as that term because I think people now see it as an umbrella term and I think it just I don't know it makes sense for me I've used it for a while. The gender thing's different because my parents are very, very cis. <laughs> they signed a gender and that to them is great. They love the gender they were assigned and have never thought anything of it. And I think I, you know, I've talked to them a bit. I have a few cousins that are trans. I have a cousin um, who is, I want to say gender not conforming. I'm trying to remember, at least, you know, queer and changes their name and pronouns um, every once in a while. And I guess it was kind of, it's made me just a little bit more hesitant to, to, I guess, explain my identity in depth, because I think that, you know, my parents will just get to a point where they're like, maybe using one of their like older names, not like their um not like their dead name but you know one of their I guess past three names which is totally fine to be changing their name all the time um but 
you know, I guess not trying to make an effort to guess be catching up every single time um, with their, I guess, new identity and new names. And for me, I guess I just, I, to, to me, I still feel like a daughter to them. I still feel like a sister. Those are, I guess, like feminine, like titles that I'm still very comfortable with. And I also am not sure if I want them, my, my family to be using different pronouns with me. I don't really know how, like, I am completely fine with them using she, her pronouns and like forever and ever. I don't, I don't care. And that's just how I feel. But I do like when other people um, might use they, them pronouns with me or use more masculine titles when referring to me. But I, maybe there will be a point where I am going to want them to. But right now, I, you know, there, <laughs> I, I have my email signature as my pronouns being she, they, he, and my mom <laughs> showing her my new email. And my mom was like, oh, what does that mean? And I was so not ready to have that conversation with her at the time. I was trying to show her my new university email. And I kind of was like, you can use she, her, mom. We're done. <laughs> like, we don't have to talk about this anymore. Because I, I was not ready to talk about this time at that time. I don't think I am as much right now either. But yeah, I think part of me knows that, that they will always see me as a daughter and I feel comfortable in that. Both other people, you know, I, I love hearing all the different titles. I like every once in a while when people, um, my coworkers, <laughs> they call me like, sir, or say I look handsome or whatever, like little things everyone so just sprinkled in just gave me, you know, I could feel, I could sense how I feel about that, which was important. Um, because, you know, I think also part of why it's still questioning is that I'm not entirely sure um, my comfort level on it. And I guess hearing that from people and I guess experimenting might not be the right word, but actually hearing people um, use more gender neutral or masculine terms when referring to me is new because I have been presented as a woman my entire life. So, you know, I need to, I guess, figure out if that's you know, if I'm comfortable with it or if it's just exciting because it's new, like, you know, I, it's all just a process, but yeah, it's, it's different with gender and sexuality when it comes to, you know, it's a huge difference. Yeah. I, I definitely agree that in coming out, there's a lot of big differences, especially with what the people that you're coming out with, coming out to are comfortable with and already know about. And it can be a lot it can be a lot more confusing when you're telling someone like hey I use different pronouns or I am not the gender that you perceive me as your whole life which like, I think right. is a lot more confusing and it's something that they have to actually think about more often maybe than if it's just like oh I might date a woman one day mom you know right. you have to think about that every day so for other people yeah it's really different and for you, was there any in your experience of like figuring yourself out and exploring your own identities? Was there a difference in how you, I guess, started exploring your sexuality versus how you started exploring your gender identity or the process of that, I guess? Well, you know, I think 
I know that's an experience a lot of people relate to is kind of this this period of I guess in the sexuality aspect of do I just like them? Am I romantically interested in them? Am I sexually attracted to them? Is this this one person versus this whole gender? Like, and for me, it was more like I just learned online. I was looking. It was similar with the, with the demo girl. I was just looking at this list of sexualities and definitions because I wanted to be all super ally. And I was looking, and I saw by, and I was like, "That's me." And that was it. That was my entire like internal struggle because like, and of course it wasn't like it was amazingly easy to tell people. And of course I kind of, but you know, once I looked at the definition that, that someone could like guys and girls, at least at the time, that's what I was like defining it as I thought to myself, Oh, that's totally how I've experienced life. (laughs) And that was lucky. I think that to be able to, immediately click and identify with something and so far I've you know my sexuality still fit into that category um of I guess not just liking one gender um and it's it's nice to have that affirmed because there's always biphobia in the LGBT community and I've heard messages of um how do I say this like I mean, bi people sometimes being bi is used as like a phase to being gay or being lesbian, right? And that's what I've heard. Um, Or that being bi and then going back to just liking men. I've heard these narratives a lot of times from from not just straight people, but the LGBT community. Um, I think a lot of us rooted in, in this idea that like, I don't know, people have to be attracted to men or men are the sexual, like, fucking pinnacle. I don't know. But, like, you know, oh, you're bi, but, like, you know, like, are you sure you like women? Because, like, you know the men are there. And for, like, men, if they come out as bi, it's just one step to becoming more gay. I guess I was just re-elaborating what I was trying to say, though. But, anyway, I've experienced some of that. And... With someone who is, I've been in a relationship with a guy for two and a half years. Um, very, very happy, healthy, awesome relationship. And not really, I, I have gone on dates with women, but I haven't had a relationship with women, with a woman, sorry. And um, especially with not being good friends with women throughout like middle school and high school, I definitely feel like that I'm coming at a slight disadvantage in understanding I guess how dating women works or uh, my my comfort level and how I feel and every single time I've I've liked women it's been the same feeling as when I like a guy it's the same thing I'm I like this person and that's amazing that's cool so yeah (laughs) and with the so point is that it kind of just clicked and it's happened to work out since with the gender thing. I kind of mentioned that I had some, um, I guess some push pushback from my first relationship that I had. Um, and then I, I've had this partner again, I've mentioned my boyfriend for the past like two and a half years and it's kind of weird. I like 18 and a half that long of a relationship, but 
I've done a lot of, I guess, exploring and narrative with my boyfriend. And every single time he says something that's like, okay, like, that's cool. Is that, is that your identity? Is that you want to be referred to? And I'm like, I don't know, because that's specifically my thing. But like, having that be the response has been really helpful. And part of me worries that maybe it's because I'm, that I still needed that being affirmed or validated by, by a man. Because I've, even though I was thinking about this before I had this relationship with him again, like, you know, it was really, really nice to hear that he supported me and was fine with whatever my identity was going to be, even though he is also straight as a ruler. <laughs> you know, if I'm like, right, I feel like a guy right now, he's like, okay, this doesn't really affect my sexuality, which is cool, you know, that means that he's firm in it and I can be exploring and he still loves me just as much. Like it's very affirming and really nice to hear that. But it's also like getting confirmation from a guy, like, is this okay with you? And that's annoying. I wish that I didn't do that, but I think that's the internalized misogyny part. I'm still getting over that. I'm going to college. So I'll I'll find some woman to to validate me soon. Anyway, and I, th- I think there is some connectedness to my relationship between gender and sexuality. To wrap, I know I take a while to get to the point. <laughs> but I think there is a relationship. I, with my, with my sexuality, I'm, I think I'm stating that I don't, I don't have, like, a, I don't have a bias towards men or women, or I instead... I hope it tells people, or at least what I think it tells people, is that I have the capability of love and attraction to everyone. Because I think everyone's cool. <laughs> and that's kind of how I've always thought about it. And then with my gender, I've also thought of it as a statement of this whole gender thing is just a whole, it's black. And why does that have to, why do I have to be in a box? And why do you have to be in a box? Like. That's what I hope it tells people. So I do think that they're related in my in my politics. I hate to say that. I think politics can be involved in identity. But, you know, I, I just don't think putting people in boxes is how I want to live my life. I don't want to put myself in a box. I don't want to keep myself in this box that I've put into with being a woman. And I just hope that maybe, I don't know, people who... If someone looks at me and thinks, oh, I don't have to be in a box for that person, that would be awesome. Thank you so much for being here all the way through this month's episode. I truly hope you enjoyed and took something from it, whether that is learning something about someone else's experience, a reflection upon your own experiences, or just a new perspective on an idea that you were already familiar with. As well, a huge thank you to Izzy for this interview and their time. I really, truly appreciate it. To stay updated on our next installment, please follow the Spectrum Instagram at spectrum underscore podcast dot emk. And of course, subscribe here. Again, thank you so much for being here and supporting this project. It truly means the world to me. And I hope to see you next month for the next episode.